Ron Van Dam. He spends 30 minutes a day, five days a week, bringing you wisdom, insights, and life lessons that will last you, uh, let's call it six to eight minutes, eight on a good day, nine maybe if the guest had something interesting to say, so it's probably safer to say six to eight minutes in that range. That sounds good, right? Okay. You are listening to The Ron Van Dam Show on New England Broadcasting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's The Ron Van Dam Show. Come a little closer. Hold on tight. Things can get a bit weird if you like that sort of thing. Come on, don't be scared. Come a little bit closer to your speaker. Come on. No, not that close. Back up. Right there. That's the sweet spot. You know, I provide other services besides doing a talk show. Some people, when they hear my voice, they fall asleep immediately and they get a good night's sleep. So you're welcome. Welcome to the Self-Deprecating Humor Hour. I'm Ron Van Dam. This is the Ron Van Dam Show. As if you didn't know, you knew. Come over here, you knew. You come over here. Oh, look at the little puppy dog. Look at the cute little puppy dog. Who's the puppy dog? I have an incredibly interesting show today, and I'm not kidding. You may have known through the over 2,500 of these things that I've done, including the other 30 years of broadcasting crap that I did, you may get the idea that uh, politically I get very involved. And I try not to because I don't like to be too encompassed by one thing. But this year as it is an election year, which is so crucial. As a matter of fact, it's so interesting that every country seems to want to get involved, including Russia and Hungary. They, they love to get involved in our politics. Ooh, isn't that cute and that cute? Thanks for the interest, but you're not supposed to uh, influence it, okay? We influence other countries when they have their political stuff, but not like this. <laughs> we make stuff up. And then we try to sell it to the American public, who I guess, I assume that it's a worldwide known fact that the American public is extremely gullible and will believe anything. Um, And I don't have to give you an example of that. (laughs) So uh, thank you, social media, for making my life a living hell as far as that's concerned. My guest today wrote a book that couldn't be more topical if he tried. Couldn't be more topical if he had some kind of face cream. We're going to talk about, um, man, Uh, I don't even know. Uh, I am very concerned about this political year. I'm concerned about the uh, November elections. Um, (laughs) As as Mr. Shanahan, our announcer and creative uh, person of the of of the universe uh, has pointed out most people most americans especially have a very small memory span 
if something horrible happens within about two months, we, eh, all right, it was horrible, but uh, I don't even remember anymore. We just, we just, <laughs> we don't take, we don't take our lessons very well. Barack Obama used to say that was a teachable moment. Mm, you have to have that moment in order for it to be teachable. And we just cannot retain that information. I mean, when horrible things are said and we have examples of horrible things, by the time we get to about three weeks out, eh, I don't remember that anymore. It wasn't that horrible as I recall. Yeah, it was. It was when you did recall. I don't know if it's the brain cells that are dying in everybody's heads in this country, but we just don't seem to get it. We cannot take anything and and figure it out, apparently. Because, I guess because people on the news and on talk shows such as this even, we tell you how to think. And no, we're just, we're, we're throwing out suggestions and you're supposed to make up your own mind. But that make up your own mind part of it, most people don't really do. They're either lazy or just brain dead to the point where, oh, he said it, so it must be true. I... I mean, even Trump for a while is present. He's in the speeches. Well, I've heard from a lot of people that, oh, no, it doesn't work like that, Don. I've heard from a lot of people doesn't make it true. Especially if you know the people I know. <laughs> Definitely doesn't make it true. Anyway, my guests today and I are going to uh, talk about how... Uh, there are dictators and there are not dictators. And what is this with uh, the uh, conservative party or the Republican party, like uh, all of a sudden embracing these dictators? It's the opposite of what it's supposed to be. The Constitution is rather clear in this regard. Uh, yet, uh, we seem to be a lot of people, a lot of political, large Assets are seem to go toward dictatorship. Um, what would this country be like if it were like that? Because that's how we're leaning now. Some people are saying, eh, it's not a bad idea for running a government. <gasps> okay, all right. Um, what's the difference between a dictatorship and the mafia? Let's, let's unpack that one today. So that's what the show is about. And my guest will be joining us. It's a rather serious, rather serious. It is a serious topic. I don't do these very often because I do run a comedy show. But every once in a while, man, you got to smell the coffee and or the roses, whatever that phrase is. I have no idea what it is. I'm just not sure. In any event, uh, it's important. So let's go to that. As a matter of fact, forget the commercial today. Let's go right into it because this is a fairly serious topic, very serious topic. Uh, let's say hello to our guest. Jacob Heilbrunn joins us now. He's an editor and an author, and he's joining us. Uh, thanks for being with us, uh, first of all, Jacob. Thank you. Uh, Jacob's written a very interesting book, and it's America Last, The Right Century-Long Romance with Foreign Dictators. And what could be more topical, I ask you? Uh, Jacob, uh, do you see the future? I mean, how did you know that this would be an incredible topic at this point? <laughs> It's long intrigued me that the American right has had its own history of uh, fawning over right-wing dictators. I didn't really realize the extent of it until I started yeah. researching for this book. But I had 
the Trump phenomenon was what uh, prompted me to dive into this subject. Yeah, I mean, now it's more pronounced than ever. Your book uh, couldn't come out at, at a better time, actually, because um, th- this is this is the curiosity of of many people: is how how is this happening? Uh, and uh, but I guess because you've looked into it for so long that this is not a new thing where. Uh, American uh, people of power and running for president, they get into this thing. There's definitely a proclivity on the Republican side, or maybe it's fair to say on the right, Uh for worshiping authoritarian leaders and hoping that they can provide a model for the United States to construct the kind of society that they envision as the ideal one here mm-hmm. in America. And that is why Trump and other conservatives at the Heritage Foundation are explicitly praising Prime Minister Viktor Orban's Hungary, mm-hmm. where there has been a crackdown on gay rights, a uh, pretty much a blanket refusal to accept immigrants, mm-hmm. uh, the construction of an authoritarian system in which the judiciary obeys the whims of the government. They call it illiberal democracy. And that is precisely what Trump would like to install here in Washington. And oddly enough, just yesterday, uh, the president of Hungary uh, verbally supported Donald Trump. And just as Donald Trump has verbally supports him. (laughs) You're right. I mean, Orban endorsed Trump for the presidency, which is pretty mind-boggling because really Americans have always been averse to foreigners meddling in our domestic politics, yet no one seems to bat an eye when Trump gets these endorsements. Yes, uh, but in previous uh, elections, uh, like 2016, that was the big thing. Are are other countries making uh, undue moves in order to control what type of government we have And this is almost like right on the table here. There's no question that Russia meddled in the 2016 election. We know that from the Mueller report, which was widely disparaged by conservatives. But even though Mueller didn't uh, seek to indict Trump, he pointed to extensive ties between the Trump campaign and Russia. And anyone who looks at that report can see what the conclusions lead to which is that Donald Trump does have intimate ties with Russia. Mm-hmm. And moreover, he makes no bones about it. He openly right. fawns over Vladimir Putin as a great leader and talks about ending the Ukraine war in 24 hours, by which he means handing it over Correct. to the Kremlin. Correct. Uh, here's, here's the biggest question that I have for you. Uh, does, does this leaning toward dictatorship by certain individuals is it are they doing it because they feel the power of being able to dictate and control others or is it that they truly believe that that form would be a better way to govern it's both mm. i talk in the beginning of my book america last about george orwell who wrote 1984 mm-hmm. and orwell wrote a famous essay in 1984 is about this too, which is that intellectuals and like to get their hands on power. And there are a lot of people around Trump, places like the Heritage Foundation, 
that see him as a useful vehicle for gaining power and implementing their own schemes, again, for what America should look like. Mm -hmm. the, the ambition is to construct a much more repressive America where we don't enjoy the rights that we have won over the past hundred years or so. You would turn election, you wouldn't eliminate elections, right. but you would turn them into a mere formality. Yes, yes. As, as is the case in the countries that we uh, just described. Uh, is, is, that, is, that, is that form of government basically a business structure? And maybe that's why Trump is so into this, because in business, you don't ask the employees what they would want or what their ideas may be. You simply tell them what to do. You are the boss. And if they don't follow you, then you fire them. And that's perfectly fine to do. Is it, does that come into play at all? Um, I think Trump is, is a unique figure. I mean, he is a populist demagogue with certainly fascist leanings, mm -hmm. which we probably would have been reluctant to say, or more reluctant to say in 2016. But now that Trump talks about his political opponents as being, quote, vermin, unquote, mm -hmm. he's entered a new arena. Is this a business approach? Well, Trump was never really a businessman. He was a brand salesman. Mm -hmm. He licensed his name. Most of his business ventures have been failures, or maybe almost all of them. Right. I think if you take this top-down hierarchical approach in business, the latest studies say it's actually not the most effective one, that it's better to have a collaborative arrangement Correct. Correct. as far as possible with your employees. I myself, having had a lot of employees at the magazine, mm -hmm. the National Interest that I run, I can tell you, I never went in there with this Martinet approach. Mm -hmm. I, th I, I don't think that it elicits cooperation. It creates a sour mood in the office. No one's going to want to do extra work or when there's a crisis. It's, it's, a, it's an antediluvian method. You mm -hmm. can't just boss people around. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people uh, liken uh, dictatorships to the mafia, to a syndicate, uh, where they rule by intimidation and fear, and it's effective. Uh, do you see any parallel? Absolutely. Uh, lots of scholars will tell you that Putin is now running a mafia state. Correct. It's, it's based on extortion, fear, and collaboration. You get your subordinates to commit criminal acts. They are then part of your web. Hitler did the same thing. Putin is doing it now. They cannot escape. Once you've committed these crimes, you're tied, you're wedded to the boss. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly the methodology. We know that Trump speaks in coded language to his subordinates. He, never ex he ne rarely explicitly demands something. He suggests or implies it is their job, as his former mm -hmm. subordinate, Michael Cohen, noted, to execute his mm -hmm. orders, to interpret them, mm -hmm. and act as they believe he would like them to. He always maintains plausible deniability. The other aspect of the mafia is that Trump was a grifter. We know that he made tens, if not hundreds of millions during his first presidency. Mm -hmm. If he returned to power, he would attempt to 
used the federal government to award contracts to his followers, and he would corrupt the system Correct. further. It would head towards a kind of mafia state. Yeah, especially in the comments uh, recently that uh, my campaign is a retribution uh, tour. I mean, is, he's extremely honest or stupid. I don't, I don't know which one it is. But it's uh, interesting because yeah. he's he's laying it all out there, yeah. and his his followers like to say, "Oh well, he's just joking, or he doesn't really mean it." Mm. The hardcore knows that he does mean it. Mm -hmm. You have to take Trump literally and seriously. He is not disguising his intentions. Correct. As interesting as this all is, even more interesting is the fact that it feels like we're going through this for the first time and that everything's on the line. This has happened before many times, even in this country. Is that right? We've come close, but we never elected a mm -hmm. demagogue to the presidency. We never elected someone who had not served in government or mm -hmm. in the military. Mm -hmm. And that is what distinguishes Trump. He truly is someone who lacks any serious experience right. serving or running in government, and he has no conception of public service. That's why he said what was in it for them when he visited the right. Normandy Cemetery. Right. This is a man who, when he visited Pearl Harbor, according to his chief of staff, John Kelly, didn't even know what Pearl Harbor really was. That was the attraction of him, though, back in 2015, 16, was, was here's a businessman who touts that he does very well, at least, and doesn't have those ties. And that's what people were going for, besides the fact that they, that they uh, trashed uh, Hillary Clinton. But besides the point. Uh, the result was, was, of course, chaos, right. which hit him during the COVID. Yeah when he was unable to deal with it. And I think Trump had lost more jobs than any president since Herbert Hoover. There's no question about it. It, was, it wasn't even a revolving door. It was like, don't, don't unpack your suitcase. Uh, it's unbelievable. What do you think, uh, Jacob, is, is the reason that so many Americans, and I'm shocked by the numbers, uh, actually feel that he is the proper choice, no matter who the opponent may be, uh, where does this, is this a, is this a cult kind of, uh, facade for the, for the base? It has definitely turned into a cult mm -hmm. cult. Uh, Trump has become a venerated figure. They worship at his shrine. Mm -hmm. He's, he, I think Newt Gingrich had it right. He recently said, Trump doesn't have voters. He has followers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly the case. Uh, foreign policy is uh, very scary because, I mean, what you do in this country is bad enough, but uh, you can screw up the entire globe, apparently, here. And, um, and again, uh, that type of dictatorship uh, and control of everything uh, lends, it, lends it possibilities that we don't even want to think of. Well, if Trump were to become president, the results for international mm. order would be, again, chaos. I think not only would he eviscerate our commitments to NATO, mm -hmm. he would. I don't know if he would formally withdraw from NATO, but he could simply announce that he regards Article 5, which commits everyone to a common defense, right. as null and void, 
And people aren't focusing enough on Asia either. I think he would like to pull troops out of Japan and South Korea as well. His conception of American foreign policy, which he's adhered to for decades, it's, it's not something that he doesn't sincerely believe, mm -hmm. is that America can become a fortress, just like the America First movement in 1939 to 41 claimed that we should not aid Great Britain, that the, uh, that the British were doomed to defeat against the Nazis. Mm -hmm. So he sees the Western Europe as a bunch of socialist moochers, and he wants to get out of Asia. It's their problem. They should pay for their own defense. The United States can just hunker down. Now, I think it would have catastrophic effects for our prosperity mm -hmm. and power. Why simply forfeit everything that we earned during, during and after World War II? Mm -hmm. He really cares if people like him or not. And if, he, if his audience is large and appreciative of anything that he says... Uh, could this be a reason that he uh, warms up to dictators like Putin, uh, et cetera, uh, because they are courting him and they're putting their arm around him saying, you're a good guy, we love you, you're one of us. I mean, does that is that a part of this as well? That's definitely part of it. And the truth is he is one of them. Yes. There, there's true. no mistaking <laughs> Trump likes to work dictator to dictator. Mm. He sees them. They don't have to deal with public opinion. They can just reach an agreement, and they don't have to worry about what everyone else says. It's efficient, and in that sense, you're right. Mm. It's Businessmen have often had a proclivity for working with authoritarian leaders because they don't have to deal with labor unions and public opinion. Mm -hmm. They can just execute what they want. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the problem is that it's kind of true that uh, if, there, if you don't have any obstacles, you can run a country better than if you do. So that's absolutely true. I mean, if you're a dictator, yeah, you can make things like pretty efficient in your mind for yourself, not for the people necessarily, but in your mind, things can get done and you do them. Uh, and the, res the results of dictatorship mm -hmm. are usually disastrous. In China, you had the Great Leap Forward, the Cultural Revolution. Mm -hmm. You don't have you have the government deciding how to invest in businesses, which mm -hmm. usually turns out to be inefficient. I think a free liberal capitalist system has been the greatest promoter of freedom and wealth in mm -hmm. the world. Our model, the American model, is vastly superior to any other. There's no question about it. Uh, but it, it takes more work and it takes more heart. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of people look for the shortcuts and don't have that anyway. Uh, and there are other points in history in this country you say we've, we've come close to to this but we haven't ever really gotten there to this point do you consider that this year to be the most pivotal part of democracy in the history of this country unfortunately i do since 1940 when the republican party was when the Republicans in Congress were preventing Roosevelt or trying to prevent him from aiding Great Britain against Nazi Germany, and they were 
vehemently opposed to entry into World War II, I think we have now reached a new crisis point. If we simply allow Vladimir Putin to conquer Ukraine and weaken our ties to NATO, the effects will be cataclysmic. Absolutely. There has never been since 1940 as great a choice as we face today between Biden and Trump. True. Now we come to the reality and we look at November. I need your comments on this. Um, if, uh, if Trump loses, um, that will not be the end. Unfortunately, um, horrible things can still happen. Uh, do you see it that way as well? As far as here's a man who doesn't know how to say no or to take the word lose didn't last time would doubly not do it this time. Are we in for a ride here? Definitely. But the difference this time is that Joe Biden occupies the white house. Mm -hmm. So ah, Trump will not be able to rig the system the way mm -hmm. he tried the last time. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have the governors. You have Democratic governors, Josh Shapiro in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. The, the, he's not going to be able to run it the way he did last time. What he might do is try to trigger violence. Mm -hmm. Because he, if he manages to prolong these court cases, he's doomed mm -hmm. if he loses the election. And mm -hmm. he will panic. Yes, he will. Uh, in other in other third world countries, I wonder if this one is is one or not. Uh, there are coups, and we even had a civil war, which I guess was the ultimate coup. Uh, that's a possibility as well. I don't think it's going to go that far Good. because <laughs> we we have economic pro. Well, we we have the economy is actually doing quite well right now. We're mm. not in the midst of a great depression. Right. Uh, many of the people that stormed the Capitol on January 6th have been indicted and convicted. Mm -hmm. If Trump tries to arouse serious violence, I don't think he'll be successful. Mm -hmm. And the government will be able to quash any, any violent uprisings. Right. In fact, I think it would backfire mm -hmm. on the MAGA movement. Mm -hmm. I think at that point, people would, would wash their hands of it. Mm -hmm. The more interesting question i think is will the next generation of republicans continue to go down the trump road josh hawley jd vance mm -hmm. has trump created something or brought it back to life that is going to plague us for decades yeah the old pandora's box thing definitely i mean he has set out a blueprint for electoral success mm -hmm. and Many Republicans are imitating him. Yes, true, and and still growing. I I I was wrong on that. I thought that that would dwindle, but it's it's grown, which is uh, very interesting. But we're not close enough to the election to make any kind of uh, predictions. So it's all up in the air. I mean, yeah, if Trump if mm -hmm. if Trump were to lose decisively to mm -hmm. Biden, then I think a lot of air would go out of the MAGA balloon. Yes, yes indeed. And you don't know that until we get closer. This is all too far away. Although, you know, Trump can say what he wishes and people can uh, judge accordingly, and they do. Uh, the book is available at this point everywhere? It is. It's, it's being released today, actually. Oh, okay. It's America Last, 
the right century-long romance with foreign dictators, and it is, and it's it's so topical that it's amazing. It's almost like you wrote the book a couple of weeks ago, but it just kind of came into it came it came in, into its own on its own, which is interesting. But you saw this coming for quite some time. Uh, the book is fascinating, and you really should pick it up. And I do say to my audience and anybody else that I come across, just open your eyes, get a feel for what's going on. Who is winning on the TV show The Bachelor is not the most important thing at this at this particular time. Uh, Jacob, uh, is there some way that we can follow you? Definitely. Um, well, I'm on on Twitter at at Jacob Heilbrunn. And I'm also editor of the National Interest magazine, and we mm-hmm. publish a lot of articles on these and other topics. It's uh, You can find it easily at nationalinterest.org. Perfect. Well, that'll do it for me today. Thank you for listening. Some of you are, don't like it when I do shows like this, but, man, you know, you have to, uh, you have to every once in a while just um, open your eyes a little bit. Okay, okay. Look, I'll be back again tomorrow with a a humorous program. But until that time arrives, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, um, stay awake, as I've said, and I wish you peace.